250 for a highball and a buck and a half for a beer. You are stumbling into, I bet you emptied your liquor cabinet edition of the Taken All Wrong podcast. I, as always, am your host, J.D. Mill, sobering up from what was a sobering experience at TCF Bank Stadium, Huntington Bank Stadium. It's still the bank to me. Um, on Saturday, I am joined, folks. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get go, go through it here. We're gonna we're gonna get into it. White Speed Receiver has entered the chat. It is Ben Dawson. How are you, sir? I've been better. How are you doing? <laughs> that's that's funny. I know that's coming from the exact two places that my uh, I've been better are coming from. One of which is work related, and the other of which is our beloved Gophers. Uh, I know that uh, you were in attendance on Saturday as the Gophers, I mean, laid an egg. Attempted to play football. Yeah, attempted to play football, laid an egg, shit the bed, whatever whatever phrasing you want to use. It was ugly. Um, And, you know, we were kind of talking a little bit before we started recording here. Uh, Not sure what else can be said at this point, but uh, we're going to attempt – to find out, um, Ben, I'm just I'm just gonna let you if you want to take a minute and go a little bit stream of consciousness. Uh, I'm gonna let let you have the floor. All right. Well, let's let's try something weird here. We'll start out by being positive. Uh, I thought the defense novel. did. Yeah, right. I I don't know how to do this very well, but I thought the defense did really well again. I thought they had us in position to win the game. There's you know, they deserve a lot of credit when you hold a team to 14 points. More often than not, if you have a offense with a pulse, you should win that game. So good job defense. Held them to 22 yards rushing again. Um, had the uh, two a pair of turnovers. That's how we should be completely happy with that. That's perfectly fine. That's winning defensive football in the Big Ten. Exactly. That is that is stuff that gives Iowa fans erections. Yeah. So, sorry, you were supposed to be stream of consciousness here. I'll back. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's fine. Um, and then you know whatever compliments I have to say about the defense, we need to say the exact opposite of the offense. That was one of the worst performances I've seen in a very long time. I was having flashbacks to Jerry Kill's offense at times there, where. Um, we can run the ball somewhat. We'll get a big play here and there. And um, I just, I don't know what to say about our passing game right now. There are all sorts of things that are going wrong with that. It starts with play design and play calling. It goes to pass blocking because Tanner Morgan has somebody waiting for him far too often to, to disrupt his pass attempt. And then there's also credit for um, Tanner Morgan himself, who did not have a great day at all. He did not have a good day at all. Five of 13 passing is just, it's not going to cut it. And the fact that we put him in that position to be five out of 13 is not going to cut it. And this shit has been building up for a couple of years now in terms of just not like I think we talked about this. No, you know, we talked about this after the Miami game where they they play around with their non conference opponents far too much. And, you know, we had the South Dakota State game, we had, we had the Fresno State game, we had Georgia Southern, we had this one where you know it, it finally bit us in the ass because 
the approach to these games is, eh, just just kind of try to do enough to win, and we'll see what happens from there. The the urgency came out in the last two drives, and like I said, that's where those two just godforsaken interceptions happened. So I, I'm really frustrated about the offense right now. Yeah, it's um, uh, sorry, Ben is Ben and I are on camera, and his cat is uh, playing with his his hair at this point. Um, yeah, it's you know we like you said it's this is this has been in the making, um, and I think the fact that it happened against this team is what's maybe the most surprising. But at the same time. Uh, this, you know, this is maybe a thing that had to happen. You know, we always talk about Fleck and Trussell ball and, you know, in year five, we should have the talent. And I believe we do have the talent, um, to play the kind of game that Fleck wants to play in these. Um, you know, we, we do have an offensive line that should dominate a Mac team. We have a running game that should dominate a Mac team. We have a good enough quarterback and enough talent at the wide receivers that we should be able to just keep the opposing team honest and just really mostly play straightforward ball. The problem is uh, that's not ha- it's just not happening. And Fleck seems unwilling to make an adjustment, not just in his game planning, but even in game, there is just no adjustment. You know, it was weird on Saturday. It kind of felt like, we came out throwing early um, and then it kind of went away because it wasn't working. And I, I said to our friend Frothy Gopher, I said, this feels like the third quarter of the Miami of Ohio game all over again, where we tried something, it didn't work. So we just turtled again. And I don't know if maybe this is just the wake up call that this coaching staff specifically Fleck needed. Um, hopefully that's the case, but yeah, at least from an offensive standpoint, um, I mean, holy crap. I think I think it starts with the offensive line, right? I mean, Tanner wasn't good, but my goodness, the line wasn't doing anything to help him. It was really a team effort, I think. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> other than Trey Potts just... And I'm going to give credit to Cole Kramer. I thought he was just going to be one of those guys who had a scholarship for four years as a, you know one of those, hey, let's keep the local coaches happy type thing. And he did pretty good on his two carries, so I'm very happy for that. But Trey Potts looked pretty good when he could. But play calling, offensive line, quarterback, receivers. Yeah. uh, Nobody's getting a gold star this week from that group. I think, you know, I – for whatever reason, and this was another thing I said to Frothy early in the game on Saturday is I said – for some reason, it feels like this offensive line needs motivation by the other team. They were they were good against Ohio State. They were amazing against Colorado, but in these games against MAC teams, uh, they just they don't have the motivation, and so it doesn't you know it doesn't doesn't show up on the field. And then in combination with the fact that whatever um, Mike Sanford is doing from the standpoint of these, these route combinations, I mean, they're just, the routes are just taking too long to develop. It's not, 
you know, it's not what, what Tanner is used to. And then all of a sudden somebody's in his face. I mean, I thought the kid was going to get killed on Saturday. That hit that he took that they originally called targeting. That was just was a good hit. Just a gr- good, clean hit. But I think it was just so violent that the ref just reacted. Um, yeah. But I thought he was going to die. And I think he took another hit like that. And, you know, that's going to rattle a guy like Tanner who's not used to taking those kind of hits. I think the biggest thing that we're seeing, in my opinion, with Mike Sanford is he's, I I think what Kirk Soroka did so well is create a game plan and create plays that catered to Tanner's strengths, which is he's got to know exactly where everybody's going to be. They've got to be open and it's got to be pretty quick quick decisions is something that he excelled at in 2019 you know exactly first choice second choice boom gone yep if he's got to sit in a pocket or scramble um to to allow a play to get open that's not his wheelhouse and that's and then add to that the fact that the offensive line isn't keeping anybody out of the pocket um it's just not going to work and and it's just a bad combination all around it was, yeah, it was just, it was bad. And hopefully this is the, what PJ needs to do some learning and growing. Yeah. Because you're not going to get a better opportunity than this. This right. is one of the most disappointing losses I have ever seen. Yep. You know, I um, I listened to, full disclosure, I left the game early. Um, I, think, uh, I think we left with about 12 minutes left in the game. I just kind of seen enough um and so was listening after the game um and got to catch pj's post-game press conference or not press conference but on the field talk with justin guard and he sounded legitimately shaken like legitimately like didn't have an answer legitimately you know he always says this is a hundred percent on me but this time it sort of felt like he was actually a bit shook and in, in what had happened. So I'm I'm hopeful that this is is a wake up call and uh maybe we do things a little bit differently going forward. But man, that was just freaking painful. And uh you know anybody that thought that uh we should have at least gotten some votes in the top twenty five last week, uh <laughs> I guess we learned why we didn't. I'm I'm good. I think this will help refocus things. I would really appreciate it if we don't have any more wake up calls. It it's a little bit tough to take some of these at times, but you know, that's like I said, the opportunity to get looking better here going forward would be really appreciated. And you know, once the the good thing is is that non conference is over now, and we can yeah. get back to doing our actual things that we do on offense. Which I mean we've got some really good pieces for what we want to do on offense. So I'm really looking forward to that. If we can get it going. Yeah. One, one other thing I do want to address is uh, after the game, or maybe it was in the Monday press conference, Fleck apparently said something to the effect of, you know, after Chris Ottman bell went out with the injury that that really took away a lot of their game plan. And, you know, that's obviously just a lot of coach speak. It was a little bit reminiscent of, uh, I hate to say this, but it was a little bit reminiscent of Scott Frost uh, here a couple weeks ago when, when he said the same thing about playing Illinois um, and how they approached the game. But, you know, if 
if the drop off from in year five from Chris Ottman Bell to Daniel Jackson and Dalen Wright and uh, Michael Brown Ooh. Stevens is that big in year five, then we better board the whole thing up. Um, D- Dalen Wright, I've heard of him. I have, didn't see him at all on Saturday, did I? No, no catches, no re- no yards. Uh, yeah. So let's let's. Well, we to be fair, almost nobody had catches. <laughs> yeah, it's just he showed up so big in the Ohio State game, and I know that there's you know there's might be a good reason why he's not getting the plays, the snaps, the catches, and whatnot. But you need somebody like that to get out there. Um, I really hope we don't have to put him on a milk carton here anytime soon. But if he doesn't show up against Purdue and and Crab isn't ready to go, then I'm ready for a long afternoon again. Folks, it's that time of year again. Uh, Gophers do play Purdue this week and then have a bye week. And then, well, it's the hated Nebraska Cornhuskers. But... We don't always hate the Nebraska Cornhuskers. We do have the $5 Bits of Broken Chair uh, trophy to look forward to and all of the excitement that comes with battling against the Nebraska fan base for who can donate more money. We got Stepper with us, and Stepper, you've got some new things, some exciting things this year uh, for the $5 Bits of Broken Chair trophy. Tell us about them. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me on, J.D. Uh this year is the fifth year running so far of, of the charity drive, and uh, we've gotten over $43,000 so far. Uh, so thank you to everybody who's already been contributing for the last four years. Uh, but in this fifth year, we've added a cool wrinkle where uh, for the Minnesota side of the donations at brokenchairtrophy.com, uh, we are pairing up with Casey O'Brien and his Team 1-4 uh, infusion center donation drive. He's trying to get a million dollars together over the course of the next year or two to build a new infusion center at the Masonic Children's Hospital. Uh, that's usually where our money goes anyways, that same, the Masonic Children's Hospital. So this year we decided to just have our money go right into his campaign as well. So he's he's agreed to have us do that and he's going to be on um, a few podcasts and stuff talking about that too. Uh, but that's where the Minnesota side of the money will be going this year, which is awesome. Um, the Nebraska side is still going to Team Jack. Um, they've had uh, a very intense year for themselves as well. Um, Jack's dad, Andy, um, was, we lost him, sadly, to uh, the same kind of brain cancer that Jack has been fighting, too. So they've had a very rough year. They've got the Twice the Fight campaign going on for both of them. Um, they had Andy's book came out. They've got a lot of good stuff going on there, too. So we definitely want to still support that organization. So to the extent that I can encourage everybody to give at both links, at brokenchairtrophy.com to give to both teams' organizations. I'd like to do that. Um, also, this year we're kind of challenging groups, uh, tailgate groups, to kind of get everybody in their group involved, families, whatever, um, to get their whole group together to donate. Um, we'll have the chair out and around the tailgate lots again this year. So if your group can kind of DM the chair, at Chair Trophy on Twitter, or, or add us, tag us in any posts, and just kind of show, hey, we've raised money as a group. We're putting this all in. Um, we will definitely bring the chair to your tailgate. Um, lot location and let you have pictures with it and thank you in person for your your generosity. I'm actually hosting an ice cream social at my office where I'm going to bring in some ice cream and toppings and stuff and I'm encouraging donations from there. 
Um, so everybody get creative. I know there's a gentleman named Mark who created a guitar from scratch and like designed it to look like a combo of Minnesota and Nebraska. He's going to be auctioning that off. So that link will go live on October 4th. So, so keep your eyes peeled for that on Twitter and Facebook um, for the link to that auction. So uh, get creative. Let's get the, you know, this is a people's trophy. This is a fan base. You know, we're just kind of six or seven idiot fans from each fan base that are running this. It's not like we're a real nonprofit organization or anything. We're just trying to aggregate as many funds as we can. So we encourage everybody out there that's that's also passionate about this to just get creative and do what they can to drive those donations up. It would be great to get over 20000 this year in the fifth year anniversary. So, And thank you very much for always giving us attention here on Top Odd. Absolutely. So again, everybody, it's brokenchairtrophy.com. Make sure you click on that uh, maroon and gold donate for the Gophers and um, support Casey O'Brien, obviously, who's brought a lot to this program. We do encourage you, if you feel so inclined, to kick a little money over Nebraska's way too, um, because that's also a great cause. But uh, make sure you're giving a little bit more uh, to the Gophers side. Yeah, and listen... Gophers Gophers have won that uh, the charity part the last two years that it's been separate. So nice. Um, you know, you can still give a little to the Nebraska side without feeling like we're going right. to lose our title there either. Bragging. But again, Gophers, thank you very much for your generosity. Yeah. We still have bragging rights. We gotta gotta keep up on. And listen, if you've got a um, a group that you are doing something unique uh, and you want to um, talk about it. Listen, we'll give you some time on Top Odd. We'd love to have you come on for a few minutes. Tell us about what your group is doing, your tailgate group, your family, your office, whatever it is. Let's just highlight uh, something good and, and uh, something for a good cause. So, again, it's brokenchairtrophy.com. Go donate for a couple of good causes and go Gophers. Well, listen, like you said, uh, non-conference is now over. The uh, Gophers go one and two against the state of Ohio in the non-conference season. And uh, we now get to, uh, I see a, a puzzled look. We played Ohio State, Miami they're of still, Ohio. They're, they're conference. Uh, I, I'm just saying against oh. the state of Ohio. But all three of our non-conference game, all three of our non-conference games were against teams. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. I'm really screwed up. We went one and two against the state of Ohio. Period. Not in yeah. co- not there non conference. You're right. Uh, sorry about that. Dang it! I was so excited to give <laughs> that stat, and I blew it. Uh, but anyways, um, and now we get to move ahead. And while the uh, our, the the history with PJ Fleck says that uh, this team will uh, will come out as vanilla as possible in non conference games like this. We also know that the history tells us that they should be fully ready to play uh, against the Big Ten and specifically against PJ Flex buddy Jeff Brome. I am really excited to see if Tanner Morgan can turn into Joe Montana again, as Brome said in his press conference on Monday. Yeah. So that, you know, just having flashbacks to that game, and that was a different team, but um, I, he knows what to do against Purdue. And right. I, I feel that there will be opportunities there, especially since on, I shared this with you and a couple of other of our friends, uh, their, their press conference on Monday was basically like an episode of MASH where <laughs> there was just body parts strewn everywhere. It is not good for Purdue right now. That is absolutely something we need to take advantage of. 
Yeah, usually it's us injuring them, but uh, in this case, they they come in injured. Um, so that will be interesting. So the Purdue Boilermakers uh, are three and one. Their lone loss uh, was to Notre Dame. They've beaten Oregon State, uh, something called UConn, and um, and Brett Bielema uh, against Illinois. Which, I mean, if you could have on Saturday just taken our game and all of the stats and the score and just uh, we've replaced your Minnesota team and your Bowling Green team with Illinois and Purdue. You would have been uh, completely believable. And basically that's how it ended up a 13 to nine win for uh, Jeff Brome and the Purdue Boilermakers. I don't know how much of that game you got to see. I got to watch a little bit of it. Uh, very ugly. <laughs> It was one of the prettiest Bielma games of years. <laughs> I, I, Purdue is beat up, but there is no excuse for not being able to go through that defense that is being rebuilt on the fly a little bit better. Yeah. Um, I think that they might be in some trouble here as the season goes on, and I really hope it starts on Saturday because yep. they're in a bad spot. They're not... They're not usually good up front anyway. I mean, they do have, I've mentioned them before, George Karloftis is an outstanding player. I would give multiple fingers to have him on the Gophers. <laughs> but, you know, he's he's what we have to deal with on their team. Their offensive line is a traditional Purdue offensive line, which means that they could probably throw a traffic cone out there in a gold <laughs> jersey and nobody would know the difference. Um, David Bell, it doesn't sound like he's going to be back. And I am going... I would do backflips over that because <laughs> he is just another outstanding football player that is going to have some really great highlight film when he gets drafted into the NFL like Rondale Moore did, and he'll probably have a, a record of a, somewhere around five, ten games under five hundred for his career. Yeah. So Yeah. Now what now one thing that is different about Purdue uh versus uh, uh what what we did on Saturday um, is Purdue is like, they're like the opposite from an offensive standpoint of Minnesota. And actually, uh, uh, Derek Burns made a great point. They're basically uh, a, a better version of what Bowling Green tries to do and really just throw the ball around as much as possible. Against Illinois, Purdue rushed uh, only 26 times for a whopping 38 yards, but they threw uh, 40 times. Uh, completing 24, kind of a, a a pair of quarterbacks there, Aiden O'Connell and Jack Plummer. And like everybody caught the ball. They had one, two, three, four, five receivers which with at least three catches. Um, so they, they really like to throw the ball around. Our defensive line has been very good, and their rushing attack has not been good. So obviously uh, feel pretty good about that matchup, but – uh, are we in for uh, are are we in for some nervousness uh, with their passing game? Possibly. It depends on how many people are alive and who their quarterback is. That's the other <laughs> thing is they don't know who their quarterback is going right, to be right now. Right. I don't think without David Bell, I don't think they're anywhere near as dangerous. I mean, God, it's. Jackson Anthrop has been there roughly 27 years. 
he's, I mean, he has been there forever and a day and he's not bad. He's just not great either. Um, I'm sure they're going to pull another freshman out of thin air. That's going to make me hate him for the next couple of years. It's just bound to happen. And it's absolutely going to be his coming out party against us because that's what always happens in these sort of situations where an opponent is just beat to all hell and we have no idea what they're going to do. Right. Um, I feel, I feel like being a better Bowling Green is not the worst thing in the world for us to be facing right now either because we tripped over our dicks once. We're not going to do it again, are we? <laughs> We're really not going to do that. I mean, we didn't uh, – our defense didn't trip over their dicks on no, Saturday. Well, I would, no, I, they, gave up, they gave up two touchdowns, and one yeah. of them was on a very short field where we – you know, exactly. we tried – Fleck tried to make something happen, and I don't blame him for that because – it worked in the Ohio State game. It got her, yeah. got us going on that ridiculous fourth down right. call. So right. do it again. See if that can get the team going again in front of the home crowd. Why not? What's the worst thing that can happen yeah. other than that? <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. So uh, looking at uh, Vegas Insider, Vegas Insider has Purdue favored by two and a half. It opened Purdue favored by three. So they, they typically say, Home Seven. field is worth three points. So um, so this is a toss-up on a neutral field, I guess, is what they think. And they've got a 47.5 um, over-under. So I'm taking boy. the over on that one if I were a gambling man, it just feels like. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about how my gambling's gone lately. But uh, <laughs> anyways. Yeah. And about anyways. the Ryder Cup last week. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I took the under in the uh, Minnesota Colorado game, and um, boy, that's teach me to bet on the Gophers. Uh, never anything. bet on the Gophers. Never exactly. bet on LSU. Exactly. Um, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't want to necessarily do predictions because uh, this is just. I, I just don't know what team. I think I know what team's going to show up. I think I believe. You know, my mantra in 2019 was it's different now. And I, uh, I, it's not different for how Fleck uh, approaches non-conference games, but I have to believe that uh, the the team is up for this and that the coaching staff is ready. And heck, maybe they were even looking ahead a little bit last week. I don't know, but give it's us only Bowling Green, right? Exactly, exactly. But I don't know. Give us, give us a couple, a uh, couple things to look for, or kind of may- maybe some things that you think happen um, in this game. And if you want to give a score prediction, go ahead. But full disclosure, I'm not going to. Okay. I'm not going to give you a score. Um, I think we're going to see a return to RPO. I think we're going to see some of our old bread and butter. I think we're going to have a much more balanced offense where we're not running it 80% of the time on first and second down. Um, We'll mix in a few passes here and there, which will force them to (laughs) pretend to uh, respect that passing game. Yep. Um, I think the defense will continue what doing what it does. I just feel like this is going to be a, yeah, we screwed up last week. Let's try and and get things right game. (sighs) Yeah, I think. And the other thing is, I think we're going to see, the offensive line pull their heads out of their asses. They yeah. they cannot play any worse than they did last week. So yeah. when you know when we when we shove around Ohio State in week one and then we can't do
do anything against two other Ohio schools. Yeah. That's that that tells me that there's going to be some um, strongly worded discussions this week, right. and hopefully <laughs> the offensive line responds the way they need to. Yeah, uh, but I I think at the end of the day the Gophers will find a way to pull this one off. Yeah, because. Once again, I'm working on this whole optimism thing, and it doesn't feel natural at all, but it just <laughs> it makes sense in this situation with just yeah. everything the way it is going into this game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there there should be, you know, there's plenty of motivation for Fleck. Uh, embarrassment has always been a great motivator for me. Um, you know, so so maybe saving a little face or or at least rebounding um after last week. We also know that uh you know, Brome and, and Fleck aren't uh, exactly best of friends. So that should certainly, uh, certainly play into it. Um, but yeah, go ahead. I'm just happy that PJ gets a bye week between this game and his other super huggy friend the week <laughs> after. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, I say bribe those big fatties up front with some T-bones or something. Like, make sure they know if they go out and do their job, they're going to get a, a big fat reward for it. Have Tanner Morgan take them out to the barbecue joint again? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I feel pretty good about... Um, uh, a rebound in this game. I feel pretty good about a win, uh, but I don't know. What I'd love to see is for them to actually come out and unleash this offense a little bit, but I'm not sure Mike Sanford has it in him, so we well, shall see. It, you know, if if Simon wants to accidentally stuff him in his locker and leave him behind on the trip to Purdue, I would be okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, ben, last time we had you on, and every time we have you on, I love to... Uh, pick your brain a little bit about the the Big Ten as a whole. Um, and because we don't prepare for anything anymore, uh, I don't have any specific uh, plans uh, or, or anything prepared. So I'm going to let you go stream of consciousness. Uh, I'm going to give you like a 90-second a, a uh, timer and just hit a, couple of, hit, a, hit a couple of highlights around the Big Ten for us. Okay. So one thing I mentioned earlier, and I want to I give a uh, – Quick shout out to Northwestern for giving me hope following their 2018 season where they won the West and they also lost to both Duke and Akron at home. Yeah, you know, eight and one in the Big Ten and nine and five overall. Thank you very much, Northwestern. I appreciate it. You're still trash this year. Um, <laughs> Iowa is also not good on offense at all. That My continues. Goodness. It is just ugly as hell. Um, Nebraska might be better than I thought, which means they're only about 12th or 13th in the conference instead of 14th. So uh, I think we can thank <laughs> Illinois and Northwestern for that. Um, I just want to take a moment and congratulate Graham Mertz on making it two days without throwing a pick six here. He, I'm wow. really proud of him. Uh, you know, it's a, addictions are really tough to break sometimes, and throwing it to opposing teams is something that he clearly needs to do to get through his day. And right. my God, that is a bad quarterback. If you squint, that looks like a uh, like a, 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 an earlier generation Illinois quarterback where he's got a big old arm and he's going to throw it to anybody out there. doesn't matter right. which color uniform he's wearing. Right. It is unreal. You I know what, though? I do want to say one thing, though. In, in the good news for Graham Mertz is we know now that he can go play for another team and probably be pretty good. 
Yeah. Oh, he's got a great career in front of him at Notre Dame here in two years, yeah. right? Exactly. Exactly. Is, Wisconsin, uh, we've always suspected, uh, other than Russell Wilson, we've always suspected that Wisconsin is where good quarterbacks go to die. And I think it's just continuing to prove itself. You mean North Carolina State quarterback Russell Wilson? Uh, yeah, excellent point. Excellent point. Um, the the question I have, and we're going to get a little bit of an insight on this Friday night in the Maryland North, uh, the Maryland game hosting Iowa, is how many teams in the East are better than the West right now? We'll get another look at that on Saturday when Michigan and Wisconsin play. But I I'm worried that there could be, you know, that Maryland game is starting to get a little scarier. I'm not. Mm. Overly terrified of it yet, but we'll we'll know more after this weekend. But Ohio State is going to be better than everybody in our division. Penn State looks like they're better than everyone in our division. Michigan might be. We're going to have to yeah. see about that. Rutgers looks good right now. Who? Yeah. What? Rutgers what? is on their path to a bowl game. I don't even know where to begin on that. Um, Maryland has been very good so far this year. So we'll see what happens there. Michigan State is not completely trash. Good job, Michigan State. Indiana, <laughs> Indiana's got their work cut out for them this year. That's unbelievable. Yeah. But you know, I I am very worried that the uh, the West is not going to have a good showing at the end of the year against the East once we see the final rundown of the standings because yeah, it just doesn't look stupid great right now. I think that's the 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 biggest concern I have about the loss on Saturday. And of course I'm the guy that just said, I think we'll rebound and be just fine in the big 10 conference, but our, the East is wide open. I mean, it's, it's there for the taking. And, uh, you know, here we are like with, with, uh, you know, performing badly. And like you said, maybe hopefully we can just take that Northwestern script and run with it. What's worse than that can happen. Exactly. We end up getting butlers. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Ben, uh, any parting words? I think uh, I think that's going to do it for us. It's just we've embarrassed the team in front of John Legend. Yes, that hurts. That hurts. Well, maybe Fleck can uh, change his best and take his own advice and go out and not be afraid to be a legend starting this week against Purdue. I sure hope so. And if not, Mike Sanford should be beaten with an oar. By the way, I'm gonna give. Uh, I gotta give a hat hat tip to Stepper for that. Uh, that it's such a I great line. I completely stole that. Well, folks, click them and drink them. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. As always, we do appreciate you listening and uh, passing along the good word about Tawpod. Give us uh, a retweet, share with your friends, family, and acquaintances. Um, and if you wouldn't mind giving us a. a um, a rating on iTunes that definitely helps us out. So for Ben Dawson, for Stepper and the $5 bits of broken chair trophy, Jeff Rick would tell us to stay classy and go gophers. I will remind you to row the boat and sky you mouth.